Hello, and welcome to Thoughts on Being Human. I'm Haley, and this is episode 10. Today I'll be talking about sleep, one of the most important aspects of our health. It comes up a lot in the treatment room, and I want to share some of my discoveries with all of you. So let's get into it. I want to start by saying that I've experienced issues with my sleep since elementary school, so it's something that's always an area of attention for me. I remember trying to fall asleep when I shared a room with my sister. After just minutes of the light turning off, I could hear her breathing change and knew she was fast asleep. It would take me considerably more time to actually fall asleep. So my dad would give us cassette tapes with audiobooks that we would listen to before bed. It always helped me drift off, having the soothing sounds of Roald Dahl's book, The Giraffe, the Pelly, and Me, playing in the background. Fast forward to university, and while living in residence, I slept so poorly because of all the noise around me through the thin walls and open windows that I was constantly sleep-deprived. When I moved off campus into a house with four other people, things didn't improve because my room shared a wall with the kitchen. All my roommates were from South America and they didn't start cooking dinner until 10 p.m. While visiting a friend at the time, she gave me some earplugs and I was hooked. They helped me so much that I pretty much wore them every single night. They allowed me to fall asleep more quickly and not wake up as much throughout the night. I felt safe in my muffled, sound-free cocoon. But even with the earplugs, I still do struggle with sleeping well. When I don't sleep well, I don't feel good, and it puts an immense amount of stress on my body. I strive to feel my best, and a huge part of that is good quality sleep. I feel my best when I get at least eight hours of sleep. Nine is even better. And some of you might be thinking, well, I function just fine with only six hours. There used to be this idea that every person has an optimal number of hours of sleep that they need in order to get all the benefits from sleep, but recently this idea has been debunked. In all the recent research I've done and experts I've listened to, across the board, eight hours is optimal for adults. Researchers at the University of California, San Francisco discovered that only 3% of the population contains a gene that enables them to function well on six hours of sleep. For the other 97% of us, six hours just isn't enough. People who get an average of six hours of sleep a night are 50% more likely to get any type of cancer, to suffer from heart problems, stroke, and Alzheimer's. For those who get less than six hours every night, your likelihood of all these conditions increases by 200%. So for the vast majority of us, getting five or six hours of sleep a night isn't a good idea. It will affect your ability to communicate, solve problems, and recall information. Some recent studies even showed that when you get eight hours of sleep a night, and then one day you decide to get up an hour earlier than usual, that just losing one hour will affect your ability to think properly and respond quickly. It will also compromise your ability to fight infections and, of course, deplete your energy levels. So just because you're able to operate on six hours of sleep doesn't mean you wouldn't feel a lot better and get more done if you spend an extra hour or two in bed. 
On this note, I want to share that you cannot catch up on sleep on the weekends. So even if you sleep in on the weekends, it will not completely make up for your lack of sleep during the week. The key to waking up feeling rested, ready to attack the day without huge dips in energy and focus is getting between seven to nine hours of sleep a night. I can't emphasize it enough. Sleep is crucial to optimize our health. If you're not sleeping enough or not sleeping well, all other systems in your body will be negatively affected. So let's dive into some ways we can improve our quality of sleep and create a solid circadian rhythm that will optimize our sleeping habits. In episode one, I talked briefly about my nighttime routine, and I'm going to talk about it again because it's been a game changer for me. The hour before you want to fall asleep is the time to do this routine. In order to fall asleep, we need melatonin. This hormone is produced as light levels lower. So it's important to dim the lights, put your phones away, and avoid screens of any kind in order for melatonin production to occur. I know this can be hard for many of us, but once you start doing it, you'll notice such a difference you won't be tempted to watch a show, scroll through social media, or answer some emails on your laptop while you're in bed. In our bedroom, we have two salt lamps beside the bed as well as a string of twinkle lights on the ceiling. When these lights go on, all the other lights go off and immediately I start to wind down and transition into sleep mode. It becomes kind of like a trigger for my body to start winding down. If you have any fluorescent lights, try to avoid using them after 9 p.m. These lights block melatonin production and will disrupt your body's ability to fall asleep. All right, so aside from minimizing our exposure to light before bed, we can incorporate other calming activities into our nighttime routine. One that I love is meditation. I usually do this while lying in bed, and it instantly lowers my heart rate, softens my body, and makes me feel sleepy. Another great addition may be some yin yoga. Light a candle and do some deep stretching as you let go of the day's stressors. Both yoga and meditation can help if you have problems controlling your mind when trying to fall asleep. I also write in my gratitude journal before bed as a way to shift my focus away from things that may be bothering me and onto those moments throughout the day that I am grateful for. It really shifts my headspace into one that helps me calm my mind and its overactive tendencies. Calming music may even help you if you find your mind is particularly busy and won't stop buzzing. Maybe diffusing some lavender or other soothing essential oils will help calm you down. Another calming part of my bedtime routine is my facial hygiene routine. Instead of quickly cleaning my face and applying oil before hitting the pillow, I try to bring some mindfulness into the routine. I'll gently wash my face and imagine washing away the stress of the day. I bring my awareness to the cleansing and find it very therapeutic. I'll apply my facial oil with lots of care and attention, then use my jade roller while I'm lying in bed. I'll use some CBD salve and gently massage my tummy if it's feeling blocked or bloated. The application of oils and creams is a great opportunity to turn your energy inwards and be present to winding down. There's been a lot of research that shows having a bath before bed can help us sleep better. It does this by lowering our body temperature. Now you may be thinking, but Haley, baths are hot. That makes no sense. 
Well, when you're in the bath, the heat causes your blood vessels to vasodilate. This allows for a greater surface area for heat to escape the body. So once you're out of the bath, your temperature will actually drop. You can also use essential oils in your bath salts, light candles, and close your eyes for a moment to help your body feel at ease and send a signal to your brain that you're safe. You can allow your parasympathetic nervous system to kick in. Only once that happens can we begin to feel sleepy and ready to wind down. Going back to temperature, I want to get a little more into detail on how temperature can affect our sleep. If you're hot or warm, it will disrupt your sleep. So keep this in mind when setting your thermostat at night. The best or ideal bedroom temperature, according to the experts, is between 15 and 19 degrees Celsius. That's 60 to 67 Fahrenheit. Temperatures lower than this or higher than this increase wakefulness and decrease both REM sleep and slow wave sleep. I always prefer to sleep with the window cracked because I find the fresh air not only keeps the temperature cooler, but prevents the room from feeling stuffy. Many scientists have stated that the thermal environment is one of the most important factors that affects human sleep. Isn't that fascinating? This is such a helpful tip for not only those who struggle with waking up throughout the night, but want to optimize the quality of their sleep. Okay, so now that I've gone over several things that can help you improve sleep, particularly in the evening, I want to talk about two big substances that, no matter what time of day they're consumed, will impact your sleep. These are caffeine and alcohol. Let's start with caffeine. Caffeine has a half-life of about 5 to 8 hours. This is the time it takes for your body to eliminate half of the caffeine you consumed. So... You can still have the equivalent of a quarter cup of coffee in your system after 12 hours of having a cup of coffee. Therefore, if you're consuming any caffeine after 10 a.m., it will be impacting your body when you're in bed at 10 p.m. trying to fall asleep. It's the liver that has to metabolize the caffeine, and for most of us, our liver function is not at its prime. It's clogged up, bogged down, and overwhelmed. So this means it takes even longer to clear the caffeine from our system. Now you may be wondering, just how does caffeine affect our sleep? Well, the most obvious reason is that it's a stimulant. This will make it harder to fall asleep. It can also delay the timing of your body clock, shifting your bedtime later and reducing your total amount of sleep. One study found that consuming caffeine at 2 p.m. reduced total sleep time by one hour. Now, when I say caffeine, I'm not just referring to coffee. I'm including energy drinks, soda, and tea. To get a bit more technical, caffeine blocks adenosine receptors. Adenosine is a sleep-promoting chemical that slows down the activity of neurons in our brain. It's produced while we're awake and essentially builds up throughout the day in our brain. The longer we're awake, the more adenosine accumulates and the sleepier we become. When caffeine blocks this process, we remain alert and vigilant, even as evening and nighttime arrive, because adenosine has not built up in the body. Caffeine literally binds to the same receptors as adenosine and prevents us from getting sleepy. Without caffeine, adenosine levels accumulate throughout the day, leaving us sleepy at night. And then once we fall asleep, the most fascinating thing happens, adenosine is removed so we can wake up feeling rested. 
This is why if we don't get enough sleep, we often feel tired in the morning because we haven't removed all of the adenosine from our system. So as much as you can, I encourage everyone to limit their caffeine consumption, particularly after 10 a.m. There are many alternatives to caffeine that can provide you with a boost in energy and alertness without the negative impacts on sleep. Add a cold shower to your morning routine, hydrate with water, try some chai tea, sip on peppermint tea, whip together a delicious mug of golden milk, make an energy boosting smoothie, sweat it out, or turn on some music and dance. Okay, now moving on to alcohol. Alcohol is a depressant, so it does cause brain activity to slow down and induce feelings of relaxation and sleepiness. So you may be thinking, this must be good for our sleep. But here's where things get interesting. Studies have shown that alcohol in moderate amounts does reduce the amount of time it takes to fall asleep. However, it disrupts the quality of our sleep throughout the night. It does this by suppressing REM sleep. REM sleep is important because it stimulates areas of the brain that are essential in learning and memory. A recent study showed that depriving rats of REM sleep significantly shortened their lifespan from two to three years down to five weeks. During REM sleep, your brain exercises important neural connections that are key to our mental and overall health and well-being. So yes, you may pass out as soon as your head hits the pillow, but you will experience less REM sleep and also have more sleep disruptions throughout the night. This will mean you'll wake up not feeling rested and feel excessively sleepy throughout the day. For those who suffer from sleep apnea, avoid alcohol, particularly before bed, as it will exacerbate your symptoms, leading to more disruptive breathing episodes and heavier snoring. Even for those who don't have sleep apnea, just one serving of alcohol before bed can lead to more heavy snoring and obstructed breathing. The general consensus based on various studies is that consuming alcohol increases the risk of sleep apnea by 25%. So if you want to enjoy a drink or two, try shifting the time you drink to earlier in the evening. Stop drinking at least four hours before bedtime. This way, it won't have as much of a negative effect on your sleep. Also consider reducing the amount you drink. A 2018 study compared sleep quality among subjects who consume, consume different amounts of alcohol and found that fewer than two servings per day of alcohol decreased sleep quality by 9.3%. Two servings per, of alcohol per day decreased sleep quality by 24%. And more than two servings of alcohol per day decrease sleep, sleep quality by 39%. So if you do choose to enjoy an alcoholic beverage or two, use the two for one rule. For every alcoholic beverage, have two glasses of water. This will help your body flush out the alcohol and the sugar that's in most alcoholic beverages. Avoid anything with bubbles. Bubbles can cause bloating and gas, which distend your stomach and actually provide more surface area for alcohol to be absorbed. The more alcohol that's absorbed, the more your sleep will be affected. And never mix alcohol with sleeping pills. Both alcohol and sleeping pills, like Ambien or even over-the-counter Benadryl, are respiratory depressants. They make it harder to breathe, which can be dangerous when they're taken together. Now, before we wrap up this episode, I just want to briefly touch on sleeping pills. There are certain situations that may require the short-term use of sleeping pills, but 
they're not designed or meant to be used long term. Sleeping pills are dangerous because the more often you take them, the larger the dose you'll need to get the same effect. They're also incredibly psychologically addictive. We can become dependent on them to sleep and experience worse sleep when we stop taking them. Not to mention that there's a slew of negative side effects from sleeping pills. There are so many natural supplements that can help with improving our sleep without those side effects. Some examples are CBD oil, magnesium, passion flower, valerian root, glycine, and L-theanine. If you have any questions about any of those natural sleep-promoting supplements, don't hesitate to reach out to me. As I said in the beginning, I've struggled and still do struggle with falling asleep, staying asleep, and feeling rested after sleep. But when I focus on all the things I talked about in this episode, it does improve my sleep and I do feel better about myself and my life. Sleep has incredibly powerful impacts on our overall health, so I can't emphasize it enough. Please try to aim for eight hours of sleep a night. It plays such a critical role in our mental and physical well-being, from boosting our immune system to strengthening the heart and helping prevent weight gain, boosting and improving our mood, increasing productivity, improving memory, increasing athletic performance, thinking more clearly, and even getting along better with people. So let's commit to making the bedroom an environment conducive to sleeping, Let's strive to create an evening routine that will aid, not hinder, our ability to fall asleep and wake up feeling rested. Sleep, along with nutrition and body movement, is a crucial pillar of health and wellness. You cannot have optimal health without taking care of your sleep. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you all found this episode not only informative, but that it left you feeling empowered to take your sleeping habits to the next level. Here's to taking responsibility of our health and enjoying the process of taking care of ourselves. Through this process, we can deepen our connection to self and develop self-love. Those are these week's thoughts on being human. I'm Healy, and I'll see you next week.